It's good to be in church, and if you came to hear our pastor, I apologize, you're stuck with me this morning. Luke chapter 5, Luke chapter 5. I do want to clear up one other thing. I, I got to preach just a couple Wednesday nights ago, or excuse me, two Sunday nights ago. And um, I made a joke that nobody laughed at, except for Brother Michael, and, on, uh, and it was about um, my wife's recipes, okay? And, and, and just for the sake of our marriage, I want to come to you this morning, and, and I just want to publicly apologize and, and to my beautiful wife. She's sitting in the back, and I'm glad she's sitting in the back because, you know, it lets, lets me know that I can get away with a lot, and she has to really climb over several people. And Miss Lynn, she really has to come through you, too, and I know you'll protect me, okay? And, and so, um, but I said something about uh, my wife and the recipes. I was preaching on a uh, recipe of reconciliation and, and talked about good recipes, and, and I had made mention that if if any of you had a good recipe, share it with my wife. She doesn't have many. And, and that was a joke. And I just wanted to say publicly that I apologize to her. She is a wonderful cook. She is a fantastic cook. I get fed so well by so many just different wonderful foods like Pizza Hut and Papa John's and, and those things. And, and, uh, um, and she, she, is, she is great at it. And, and so um, I just wanted to set the record straight. She's a wonderful cook and uh, maybe not quite as good as my mom or her mom, but she is fantastic. I promise. And so um, just so that I set the record straight that all of you know that that I love my wife and we are good. Okay. And uh, and so I better move on. Luke chapter five, Luke chapter five. We'll read the first 11 verses. Luke chapter five. It says, and it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two ships standing by the lake. But the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Now when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, Launch out into the deep, and let down your nets, for I draw it. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all night, and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. And when they had, when they had this done... They enclosed a great multitude of fishes, and their net brake. And they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships, so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished, and all that were with them at the draught of the fishes which they had taken. And so was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. And when they had brought their ships to land, they forsook all and followed him. I want to turn our attention this morning to uh, five words there in the middle of verse number five. Five words there in the middle of verse number five. I think it was a few weeks back and pastor was preaching and he had turned to this. And um, like many of you, I at times uh, mark in my Bible. And I had marked a few words there in verse number five but there was three words that I hadn't marked there that just jumped off the page. And those three words were, at thy word. At thy word. But this morning I want to give you a message this morning of, at thy word, I will. At thy word, I will. Heavenly Father, Lord, I ask that you would just uh, help me this morning, Lord, to uh, give the message that you have certainly given me. Lord, I, I, I want to be a blessing to our church, and Lord, I want to fulfill your will here this morning. Lord, I do ask that if someone is here 
is not sure of their salvation, that, that Lord, through the preaching of your word, that they may uh, hear the truth and receive it and unto themselves and, and have that uh, everlasting knowledge of salvation. Lord, I ask that you would uh, just give me the words to say, Lord, that I would only say those words and nothing more, nothing less. And Lord, we love you so much. Lord, thank you so much for the opportunity that you've given uh, me to stand behind the pulpit this morning. Lord, I do not take it lightly. And Lord, I just ask that once again, you would help us through it. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Those five words, at thy word, I will. In my Bible, I had underlined, I will let down the net. Thought, hey, look, here's this simple step of, 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 of obedience that, hey, I'm going to let down the nets. But there's, there's these three words in front of that that just had not yet maybe um, in this Bible had jumped out to where I had circled it or to underline it. And it was the part of at thy word. What a wonderful thing it is to, to look at it and say, you know what, that uh, each and every one of us this morning, um, it, maybe you don't have one in your lap in front of you, maybe you have it on tablet form or, or in, in whatever form you have it with you this morning, uh, you have the word of God with you, more than likely. And, and you can look at it and say, you know what, at thy word, we know that we came to church this morning to hear the preaching from God's word. And, and I, I know that maybe uh, you're interested in it, but you certainly didn't come to church this morning to hear my opinions. You came to hear from God's word. And that, that that is why we come to church and come to church on Sunday morning and Sunday night and Wednesday night and get something from his word. And this truly should be the desire of each and every person, each and every believer is that desire and commitment to say, you know what? At thy word, at thy word, I will. And it's a, it's a philosophy that, that the world doesn't want us to adopt. It, the, the world wants us to adopt the philosophy of whatever benefits me, I will do. And, and whatever, whatever helps me, I'm going to do. But God calls each and every one of us as Christians to say, at thy word, I will. You see, this is simply just very much, uh, even nature itself shows us that, 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 that God created us to say that, at thy word, I will. I think about creation when you think about at thy word. Not too long ago this past summer, uh, the girls and I went to the Ark and to the Creation Museum, and, and they have a wonderful video that they show in so much that I uh, bought it and brought it back, and, and it's a video that kind of takes you through creation, and it's a reminder that at the word of God, things were done. At the word of God, creation, listen, just think about it for just a second this morning, and, and, and I'll, I'll go ahead and tell you just so you don't get really nervous, okay? Um, I do have three points, and eventually I will get to them, and, and I, I probably will spend most of my time in introduction. And then at the very end, Brother Heath, don't get really antsy. I promise we'll get through those really fast, okay? And uh, that's a promise that I'll make to you. And, and, uh, and so, but, but we think about at thy word, and, and we think about what creation was and how uh, the Bible tells us that the earth was without form and void. It was nothing. There was nothing there. It, it was a hopeless situation, you can maybe say. And, and then what happened? God spoke. The words of God was spoke, and he said what? Let there be light. And guess what happened? Light obeyed, and there was light. And he said, let there be a firmament. And guess what happened? The firmament obeyed, and, and that happened. And, and he began to create things. And, and, and one of my favorite creations that, that, that he has made is my wife, okay? And uh, see, we're coming back there. And, but one of my favorite things to, to, to wonder at in this world is, is to look at the stars in the sky and, and, and to see those wonderful things. We were at that um, creation museum, and they play a, a kind of 
3D video where you sit back and, and you look up and, and the whole uh, ceiling turns into um, just galaxy of stars and, and, and we're watching those things and, and it talks about the same thing uh, that, that God, as, as he's creating the stars, he's creating these great lights and they're obeying him and, and, and they're being created and just the vastness of it. And, and you look at it and say, wow, how awesome is God? I was sharing this uh, with somebody yesterday uh, through testimony that um, I, I, I'm not ashamed to say that, that my tear ducts work really well. I can be very emotional uh, when, when you talk to those things. And, and we're sitting there and the girls are just like, hey, yeah, this is awesome. And, uh, and so the, the lights turn on and everybody goes to leave and I don't want to take my glasses off because I'm crying. And, and I'm crying because of how awesome God is and, and how that he looks through all those stars and he still wants to have a relationship with me. But how he took the time to, to create this entire vast universe. And at his word, he spoke it and it happened. How marvelous is God? How marvelous is this word? How powerful is his word? We've been singing about it all this morning. Uh, from, from tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. Well, how can you trust in Jesus? But you trust in his word. And, and we sing about the name above all, na- all names. Well, how do we know he's the name above all names? It's because his word tells us that he is. And, and we, we sing wonderful, merciful savior. And my hymn of praise. It all goes back to the one thing about singing about what he is. And who he is. And who the word says he is. At his word. At his word, the stars were made. At his word, the, the, the plants and the, the, the animals and, and, and all things came forth. Just at his word. I can't ever just get over creation. I can't ever just simply lose the awe and wonder of it. It baffles scientists. It baffles those that are the intellectuals in our world. That it very simply happened at his word. Then his greatest creation, man, formed at his word. At his word. Think about just the different things that that take place and and sometimes, and we're all guilty of it, and uh, sometimes we're always looking for something to say uh, in the midst before offertory or whatnot. And we're like, oh, well, the weather... And it's, that's a funny statement for us because, you know, the weather is just what the weather is. I don't know anybody in this room that can control it. It's going to happen. Well, the weather's here and it's hot in Mississippi. <laughs> it's raining outside. It's cold. There's a storm, whatever it may be. You know who directs that? The Lord. At his word. The Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 8, verse 27, it says, But the men marveled. Well, what are they marveling at? The storm has, a, ha, has come upon them, and Jesus has rebuked the storm. And the Bible says, and the men marveled. What were they marveling at? They're looking at Jesus, and they says, what manner of man is this? That even the winds and the seas obey him. What manner of man is this? What great power in his words that he can simply come out of the bottom of the ship and say, and, and, and say uh, peace be still. And all things are still. At his word. What manner of man. And, and I don't know if, if they're expressing it like, what manner of man in, in almost fear and, and terror. Or, or, or maybe it's a little bit of both, of, of awe and wonder at the power and might of, uh, of who is in front of them. What manner of man this is that by his word he controls these things. I think about the animals. I love to hunt, 
And um, I, I do love to fish. I, I don't get to do that as much very often, but Zach keeps inviting me, but yet he never picks me up to go. And uh, but Zach, are you in here? And, and, uh, and so I, I just, you know, never, take, never takes me. And, uh, and I like to, to, to look at what uh, God does through creation. And my girls love to watch those uh, National Geographic um, videos that are in like 4D and, and you know, it shows the, uh, the lion pride and even names all the lions and, and, uh, and they're going through and, and, and the over voices are, are normally they're funny and, and they, they give a little comedy to, to the animal kingdom, so to speak. And, but one of the ones that I was reading about was really interesting and that was the monarch butterfly. And you say this, this and, and I know that the monarch butterfly is a very, very fierce creature. It is. In so much that I took my girls to see it at the Omaha Zoo, which is a really awesome zoo. And they have this humongous, I forget what it's called, and it's glass enclosed, and, and, and you can see it even from the highway. And it is full of nothing but butterflies. And I thought, I have little girls. No doubt they love butterflies, Brother Heath. And, uh, and so we take them in there, and, and these butterflies are everywhere. But then something happened. I didn't realize that they cause sheer terror. I'll show you. Sheer terror. There is Emma. And, and she is terrified of all these monarch butterflies. And there's Becky as the older sister. She's laughing, but she's trying to console little Emma. Emma has been attacked by these butterflies and, and these butterflies that, that what I would consider to be just gentle creatures and, and soft creatures and all these different things have, have swarmed upon Emma. And, and, and Emma is, is uh, you can't see any of the butterflies. This is directly after. I couldn't help but take a dad picture once again of them being terrified. I have several pictures of that. And, uh, um, and, and uh, I mean, this is a gentle creature. I mean, it's, it's like being attacked by a starfish. It, it, is, it is gentle, okay? And, uh, um, but, but we see that, that uh, Emma, she was terrified of these monarch butterflies. But I read something interesting about them. The monarch butterfly takes a 3,000-mile journey from Canada to Mexico. And when it leaves Canada... The butterfly actually cycles through three to five generations. The butterfly that leaves isn't the one that comes back. Yet each new generation that's born knows exactly which direction to go. I was reading that this is, for uh, many of the scientists that study these things, it is one of the great mysteries that they can't solve. Why? How do they know the direction to go? How is that possible? It's possible because nature, creation, all that is around us, here's the word of God. It's creator, and it obeys. And it does the natural thing of doing exactly what the word of God tells them to do. But there's a second portion of, of, of this phrase, at thy word. And that's those two words, I will. I will. See, all these other things that we've talked about in regards to creation, uh, they, they don't have free will. They are created by the master and they do whatsoever he commands them to do. The oceans, the rivers, 
the animals, the plants, as they go through their life cycles, they do exactly as the Lord commands them to do. But there is one creation of God that has been given free will to complete this phrase. And Peter reminds us of that here in verse number five. Nevertheless, at thy word, Peter is faced with a choice. And he says, I will. I will. And this morning through the message, I I want you to understand that each and every one of you are faced with that same choice. You're going to hear the word of the Lord preached, not because I'm anything special, but because the word of God has been open. And and that's exactly what's going to be preached this morning. And so you're going to get a chance to hear at thy word. And you're going to get a choice at the end of the message to say, I will or I won't. That's the free will that God gives us. I'll get to it at the end, but the Bible says God would that none would perish. And this morning, if you sit in these pews and you're not sure of your salvation, you don't have that, that, that blessed hope that the Bible talks about. Uh, I'll, just, I'll, I'll go ahead and mention it early and I'll come back to it. That Jesus wants you to be saved. That his word is calling you to be saved. And you're going to need an opportunity to say, I will or I won't. And one day we will all stand before the Lord. And it'll no longer be I will or I won't. It'll be I did or I didn't. But wonderful things happen when, when, when a creation of God says, I will. I will. I mean, I marvel at the beauty of nature like many of you. It's a wonderful, beautiful thing that God created. It obeyed him. But how much more wonderful is it when his creation of man says, I will. What great things can take place when when, when one of God's children, when one of the people that he has created would say very simply, at thy word, I will. All throughout scriptures, you see it. You see it even from the very beginning. You can see it even in the very first family of God commands them how to make a sacrifice. And and he commands them exactly the specifics of that sacrifice. And we see the choice that's given to those two and that are there, either Abel or Cain. And we know that Cain chose the other side. He said, at thy word, I won't. I've found a better way. I found a way that is more pleasing to me. But Abel, who was blessed, and it was counted unto him for righteousness, he heard at the word of the Lord, and he said, no matter what my brother is doing, no matter even though it looks like his is very beautiful, and and it looks like his is is of hard work and of hard labor, and maybe he he is even bought into it, and he is maybe even trying to convince me that I should do the same thing. But nevertheless, Lord, at thy word, what you've commanded, I'm going to do. I will do that. And that's exactly what he did. Uh, we, we can go even to Noah. And, and I mentioned that uh, we were at the ark. And it's just amazing to see uh, the, the, what God had asked Noah to do. Uh, something that, that what many of us would very simply say, no, that is impossible. God, I can't do that. I'm not a carpenter. I, I'm not capable of building such a thing. I'm not a zoologist or whatever they call those people that deal with animals. I can't, I can't take care of all those things. I'm not smart enough to do that. And, and Lord, what you're asking of me is simply very much impossible. We don't find Noah saying that. God comes and he asks Noah and, and he commands him at, at his word to, to build a very, once again, specific boat with measurements and, and all included. 
He's given instructions that even man can follow. And Noah had a choice. And he said, I will. It was counted unto him for righteousness. Think about Abraham. And Abraham, who is a, a young man, the Bible very simply says that, that God came to him and said, arise and go. Doesn't even give him a place to go. Says, go. There's going to be a land that I've given you. What did Abraham say? Yes, Lord, I will. Goes through his life and not a perfect man, but a man that was a friend with God. God blesses him with a son. And God comes to him and says, Abraham, I want you to take that son and to the mountain. And there I want you to offer him up as a sacrifice for me. Lord, that very simply doesn't seem right. That doesn't seem fair. Lord, your word promised me, you already gave me your word that, 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 that my seed is going to be innumerable as the stars in the, in the sky and the sand in the sea. But we don't find Abraham questioning the Lord. He very simply says, at thy word, I will. At thy word, I will. Think about Joseph, who is one of my favorite Bible characters. He goes through all sorts of different things. None were his fault. His brothers hate him, sold into slavery, left for dead in the prison. But God asked him to be somebody. God asked him to, 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 to continue to be where he was. The Bible tells us in the book of Hebrews that, that Joseph remembered. Even in the midst of those trials, Joseph said, at thy word I will. God comes to Moses. Moses is in the backside of the desert. And he says, Moses, I want you to go back to Egypt. Moses, I can't do that. I committed murder there. He says, I can't do that. I can't even talk right. But yet, he came to the point where he said, at thy word, Lord, I will. I will. Think about Joshua as he takes over from Moses and what a great uh, great responsibility oh, thank you Lord for choosing me to follow the greatest leader of all time but yet he did it he gets to Jericho and he says God what's the game plan here God gives him the game plan well that doesn't seem like it's going to make walls fall down but at thy word, Lord, I will. At thy word, Lord, I will. We look through all the judges uh, in, in, in Israel's history. And the ones that did what God had them to do, they, they very simply had the same testimony of at thy word, I will. Think about Daniel. 
as he, once again, in slavery, in bondage. But yet he remembered what God commanded them to do. He said, at thy word, I will do what God wants me to do. I won't eat of the king's meat. I won't take of the king's wine. I'm going to do what God wills for me. One of my favorite passages in scripture is Isaiah chapter six, verse eight. Isaiah is having a very similar experience to Peter. And I promise we'll eventually get to Peter. It's 11.54. He keeps giving a countdown, so I'll do it. And, uh, but he has a very similar experience to Peter. In Isaiah chapter six, God is calling him to something. And he, and he sees the glory of the Lord, the Lord of hosts. And he says, I'm a man of unclean lips. I'm a man undone. He's admitting that I'm not worthy of what you're calling me to do. But then it goes on to say, also, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send? Who will go for us? And then he responds. He doesn't say, nevertheless, at thy word, I will. But he does say it in a roundabout way. He says, here am I, send me. Here am I, send me. Very simply, giving into what the word said. We can see it from Peter and Paul. The Bible tells us in the book of Hebrews, once again, that there were those who were sawn asunder, of whom the world was not worthy. A couple years ago, my wife and I had the privilege of going over to Rome, and, and we stood in that great Colosseum. And he couldn't help but be reminded of those that were sawn asunder at that place. Of whom the Bible says the world was not worthy. Say, what was the testimony in their life? The testimony in their life was very simply this. At thy word, Lord, I will do what you've asked me to do. Regardless of what lays before me, regardless of of certain death that was to come, at thy word, Lord, I will do it. Those two very important words, I will. I ran through the the list of those people for a reason. Each and every one of those people are are, are those that we talk about uh, that have done great and mighty things for the Lord. And and we look to to uh, to the verses in scripture and we look to their testimony and say, I want to be like that. I want to to obey the Lord and I want to obey the Lord like Abel. And I want to, to, to obey the Lord like Noah. And I want to follow the Lord and be a friend of the Lord like Abraham. And, and I want to, 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 to try to, to do the best that I can and in the proper spirit like Daniel. And I want to make sure that I, no matter what situation that God puts me in, whether I'm in uh, captivity or elsewhere, I, I want to do exactly what God has for me to do. And, and in the proper spirit, just like Joseph. And I want to follow the Lord like Moses. And I want to conquer and be a conqueror like Joshua was. And I want to do all these things like the great judges. And I want to be like David. And I want to be a man after God's own heart. But the only way that any of those things ever happen is if you first say, I will. I will. At thy word, Lord, I will. That's where it starts. That's the introduction. We'll get to three points and then I'll let you go home. Say, how can I know for sure that if I do what the Lord has for me to do, everything's very simply just gonna be okay. Well, can I tell you, it might not be okay on this earth. But everything will be according to what God wills for it. Let me give you just a few things from Luke chapter five. 
The first thing that we see here is that God's word, it gave him strength. It gave him strength. You come back to Peter. Peter here has been fishing all night with his friends, his co-workers. And the Bible says he has caught nothing. He's caught nothing. Look, I've been fishing before and caught nothing. It's very frustrating. But if I was doing it for my livelihood, it would be even more frustrating. It's pretty seem, it, it seemed like a pretty hopeless situation. There's no fish here. I take the girls fishing, and, and uh, um, Emma especially, she just gets really impatient. The first time I ever took her fishing, we threw it in there, and you could see her bobber, and I bet we didn't make it five seconds. And she's like, no fish. No fish. Throws the fishing pole down, starts to walk away. She's like, I give up. Ain't nothing here. Why are we even wasting our time? The Bible says that, that Peter had been out there all night, and there was no fish. And to top it all off, they're getting ready to, to wrap it up. They're cleaning up and all these things. And then here comes Jesus. And he looks and says, hey, can I borrow your boat? <laughs> Not doing me any good. He says, well, can I, can I just stand in your boat? The, the crowds were pressing uh, upon him, and, and Peter offers up his boat. And the Bible says that the Lord continues to teach. So here he's been through a, a night of, of fishing and, and then here comes what we know as Jesus. But here he sits through a sermon, even after an all-night of fishing. I think there's something in there for us, that even if we go fishing all night, we should still be in church. And, uh, and, and so, but uh, um, that's, not, that's not what I'm preaching on, okay? And, uh, um, but uh, that we, we definitely, we see here, and it's been a frustrating night for Peter. There's been no hope for it. So after Jesus gets done, he looks at Peter and says, Peter, why don't you launch out into the deep? Okay. I'm sure he's just exhausted. Okay, I'm just going to launch out into the deep. And he does, and he says, okay, Peter, I just want you to let down your net. Peter's thinking, we, we, we've, we've been fishing all night. We have toiled all night. We've taken nothing. I'm, I'm exhausted. These nets are heavy. I've already thrown the net in this very same spot, maybe. That's what I'd be thinking. <laughs> and yet, he finds strength in the word that he was given. Strength that maybe he didn't even think he had. He says, nevertheless, Lord... At thy word I will. Why? Because God's word provides strength. God's word provides hope in the hopeless situation, in the times where we've toiled all night and we've had no answer, in the times where, where we're going through difficult times and it doesn't seem like the difficult time is, is nearing its end anytime soon and all these particular things are happening around us and, and, and there is simply no hope. See that his word, it gives us that strength. It gives us that hope. It says, okay, at thy word, Lord, I will. I might not have the physical strength to do it anymore, but I know if you're asking me to do it, no doubt, uh, you, you, you will give me the power to do that. You, you tell me that in your word in, I, in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. 
I know that you'll give me the strength to do it because your word has, has commanded that it would. The word gives us strength. The Bible says in Psalm 119, 28, my soul melted for, melteth for heaviness. Strengthen thou me according to thy word. Say, Brother Nate, I'm weary. Join the crowd. If I went around the room and I simply said, are you weary this morning? I'm not saying are you physically tired. But are you weary? We know the Bible says to be not weary in well-doing. But many times we, 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 we see what's going on and as a Christian we're very simply weary. Can I tell you where you can lift some weights and get strength? I don't know anything about weightlifting. I know it looks like I do, but I don't. You're not supposed to laugh at that. That wasn't a joke. Right here. Right here. This is where I go to get my spiritual exercise. Last year we were playing basketball with a pretty short lineup. And one of the teams that we were playing against, their coach afterwards said, I don't know how you get those guys to run that hard all game. I'm thinking, well, in practice, Brother Heath keeps running them. They exercise at it. They don't get weary. That's what the Bible says. Get to run and not faint. That he gives us strength according to thy word. Say, we go looking for strength in so many different places. People go looking for energy in so many different places. That's why we have a national coffee day. By the way, I like that day just as much as National Daughter Day. And uh, um, it's wonderful. But it's that the word gives us strength. It gives us strength. Also, there's reward in the word. There's reward in his word. We look at here and we see where they were about to leave. They're washing their nets in chapter 2. But yet we get to verse number 6. And it said, when they had done this, they had enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net break. And their net break. And they beckoned unto their partners, which were uh, in the other ship, and they should come and help. And they came and filled both ships so that they began to sink. This great reward. Well, how did it happen? Can I tell you that they would have never had that great reward if Peter never said, at thy word, I will. At thy word, I will. If he would have taken it upon himself and said, Jesus, um, I, I, Master, I, I know about fishing. I'm a fisherman. I'm an expert at this. I know exactly what these waters are. I've been on these waters since I was just a child. I know. I have this covered. I know where the proper fishing hole is. I know how to throw the net. I know where to take the net. I know, I know exactly what's going to happen when I, when I use those nets. I know it all. And that is exactly how we treat the Lord. We think, well, God doesn't know what I'm going through. God doesn't know the, the trials and difficulties that I've had. Which, by the way, that, that is a directly the opposite of what the Bible says about it. The Bible says that he was at all points tempted as we are tempted. 
And so there's nothing that you go through that Jesus himself hasn't. But he said, at thy word, I will. And because he said that, there was a great reward, a multitude of fishes, um, something that, that, that they had probably never experienced before. Can I tell you that in your life, if there's never been a time in your life for you as a Christian that you said, Lord, at your word, I will, you haven't experienced the greatest reward of a Christian in serving Jesus exactly as he commands you. That great reward of following after him and, and, and going whithersoever he points. Simply say, I will. I will. What a wonderful thing it is, is his word. Also, and lastly, the word turns my will to thy will. Psalm 119 says, Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto according to thy word. With my whole heart I have sought thee. Oh, let me not wander from, my, from thy commandments. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against, against thee. You say, Brother Nate, I've been giving into my own will so often. You say, how do I turn from that? His word. His word helps us to keep ourselves from sin. His word helps us to, 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 to cleanse us from sin. We combat self in his word. Say, Lord, at thy word I will, even when it doesn't make sense. How often times do we ask God, Lord, make it make sense before I say I will? Lord, show me the blueprint before I say I will. Peter didn't ask the Lord, well, Lord, open up the, 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 the water so that I can see that all the fishes are down there first. Lord, do you have a pair of those fancy glasses that are as seen on TV and then I can look down and see the fishes there? I don't think they had fish finders at the time. So, Lord, do you have any sort of proof that this is actually going to work? I'm not even sure your name yet. <laughs> he didn't say any of those things. He said, nevertheless, at thy, at thy word, I will. Thy will ask for an explanation, meaning my own will. That's what my will asks for. I have to have an explanation. But God just says, at my word. If we take this saying to every aspect of our life, there's going to be great things that, that happen for you. I'm not saying you're going to be rich. I'm not saying you're, not going to, you're going to have perfect health or any of those things. But what I am saying this morning is that to have the blessings of the Lord that he has given to us as Christians, it first takes place as, Lord, at thy word, I will. Or just like all those in scripture that have come before me, and I read you a list of them today, and they said, I will. Lord, at thy word, I will. This morning, if you sit in these pews and you don't know the Lord as your personal savior, the Bible says in Revelation 3.20, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and, and will sup with him and he with me. 
I laugh sometimes at the rest of the verses there in Luke chapter five. Peter, after it's all done, says, depart from me. I'm a sinful man, O Lord. He now knows who he's talking to. But Jesus says, no. Come unto me. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. You say, for late I sit here and you don't know the type of sin that is in my life. God could never save me. No, at his word. He's very simply waiting for you to say, I will. I will put my faith and trust in you. It's very simple. All other portions of creation, God speaks, done. Let there be light, light. Let there be a firmament, firmament. Earth, dry land, just like that. Plants, animals, all their intricacies, exactly how they go season after season. At thy word. Creation of man spoken into existence by his word. The weather the animals, the plants, the seas, and the land still obey him. He's still in charge of it. The only difference between, between Genesis 1 and 2021 is him waiting for you to say, I will. I will. That's your choice this morning. At thy word, I will. Heavenly Father, Lord, we... Thank you for your word.